Miles. Yeah. We're not ready to start. Hold on. Oh, it's been so long. We're so out of practice. It's like we don't even know how to podcast anymore. It's crazy. I've literally never podcasted. This is the first time you've ever been on a podcast, but you know so many losers. (laughs) (laughs) My friends aren't even cool enough to podcast. Wait, talk, talk right into that. Right, right into this. Yes. So the opposite of karaoke. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, hang on. Yeah, this is a a podcast thing that's like really important. An advertisement for hotels. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is a YouTube video for a panther roaring. It's in Italian, um, and there's like a long build up here, but there's an important thing that's about to happen. The panthers in Italian. Yeah, he's an Italian panther. It's an Italian panther. Like Nick. (laughs) (laughs) There it is, baby. (laughs) Yeah, welcome to Hollywood. (laughs) Um, Cool. Welcome back to Heat Seeking Panther. Uh, I'm Dave. I'm Miles, and we have a very special guest. Her first time podcasting. Ever. Uh, Thank you, Amanda, for joining us. Yeah. Amanda, Thanks welcome. for having me to talk about this very important film. <laughs> yeah, I asked you to uh, be on it because you're the only person I know who saw this willingly before it came out. Oh, I paid money to see this. In Not in theaters, because this in, came... In the drive-in oh. mid-pandemic. Oh. At four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that sounds ideal. What was your general takeaway and feeling when you saw it initially? Well, there was a lot of sleep deprivation and general disease. So it was a weird time anyway. Um, I loved it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It it delivered everything that uh, it promised. Yeah, the audio was broken for like the first 10 minutes of the movie it wouldn't broadcast through the speakers (laughs) and so i thought i had missed something important and i rewatched it today and i did not (laughs) no well nicholas cage doesn't say a word through the whole movie i thought that maybe there was something in the beginning that explained like a backstory of who he was or why he was so invested in killing. There's not. No, absolutely not. Front to back, no explanation at all. (laughs) I love that. I actually think that that is one of the things that uh, benefited the movie. And I kind of wish they had, I mean, I'm all for like a good, like cult ritual twist, but I feel like they could have not put in the backstory about the machines either. And that almost would have been better, right? No, we didn't need it. Um, like, I mean, we don't get an explanation why Nick Cage's character is pounding energy drinks the whole time, <laughs> but, but it's great. They're uh, pop. Yeah. It says pop on the can. Punch. It also <laughs> says punch on the can. So I don't know what it is actually. He's like the man with no name. He just rides into town. Oh, uh, takes apparently care of business. the director of this movie, uh, said that it, it, it was pale, pale rider, rider meets 
uh, killer clowns from outer space. Oh yeah, there you go. And it and it shares an actor with killer clowns. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities, to be honest. <laughs> Where should we start, Miles? Should should we talk about the plot, whatever plot there is? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could we could probably breeze through it pretty quick. I, I mean, uh, probably the <laughs> biggest, one of the biggest weaknesses of this movie is that if you've seen the trailer, you've also seen the movie. Like, it, it's a movie with like literally one idea, and it's all just in the text. Um, and also that idea is stolen from uh, a video, video game. game. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no, actually nothing original in this. No, movie. Not, not even a real video game. It was an iPhone app. Yes. So yes. do they like, was it the kind of thing where they, they pitched uh, five nights at Freddy's game, but they couldn't get the rights. So then they just like changed it last minute or like, is it, no. was it a, from the start Apparently meant to be like a knockoff unrelated. Okay. Uh, yeah, the screenwriter says that it was a, a, an original idea. I'm gonna maybe after we like talk about the movie itself. No, no, I'll, I'll get into it right now. Um, he, he, God, your notes are so much more impressive than mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm a pro. Uh, I have two scribbled post-its. I am almost through a second notebook since we began this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I've, I have written so many notes on these movies. It's unbelievable. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's a lot out there. Um, uh, sorry, Dave. Uh, please, uh, you were saying, yeah, so con I, consult your note, your extensive <laughs> notes, please. <laughs> this is what first-time screenwriter Geo Parsons says. Uh, God, he's got sources. Um, you know, he, he was just working as an actor at the time, uh, not really going anywhere. This was like his one, his last shot at Hollywood and it paid off, baby. And um, this original story is based on his, him growing up in the, the border of California and Nevada, where there was a place called Boomtown outside of <laughs> Reno. And people would go and gamble and they'd drop their kids off at Boomtown to be babysat while they played craps. And Boomtown had all these animatronics. And I, or Geo Parsons, was like, okay, that'll be it. This guy who has to clean this place and these things attack him. And the twist of it should be they messed with the wrong person. I wanted a movie where they just picked the wrong dude and he mopped the floor with them the entire time. So his story is that, uh, yeah, he, he had this idea completely um, and never mentions anywhere that like Five Nights at Freddy's had existed for years when this came out and was probably like the biggest iPhone game or whatever, like well, the biggest indie game of uh, the 2010s. Right. I mean, uh, yeah, in, I, in I, terms I, of like, like it's like an empire. Yeah. Now. It's like I was working at a private school when that game came out and those kids, it was everywhere. T-shirts, hats. It was a whole thing. Yeah, like I mean, there, not only are there like five different Freddy's games, there's novelizations. There's like there's a whole like Freddy's universe. It's an empire. Uh, it's an empire, and also they're making an, a legit Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Well, I, it won't be better than this. I believe it. It just um, can't. It can't. I mean, be. <laughs> the uh, pep, the puppets. I think for it will be made by Jim Henson, which is sick. But uh, I, I don't remember anything else. I want to say that Chris Columbus is directing it, but I might have made that up. And <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think up. anyone's spine is going to get ripped out. 
No, definitely <laughs> I not. I don't know. Um, so yeah, anyway, this is a completely original uh, story, and we've never <laughs> heard of <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's. I'm oh, sorry. Do we know if the short film predates the game? There's a short film. So the reason that I keep calling this Wally's Wonderland is because that was the name of the short film that I could not find. Yeah, I kept thinking about this as Wally's Wonderland in my head, too. And I it thought, was initially called that. Yeah, I, I thought that when I when I couldn't find it and it was Willy's Wonderland, I thought it was like a Berenstain Bears thing <laughs> where I had just like... You no, know. I looked it up because it was making me crazy. And I was like, no, it was called this. I know it was called this. And it was for like six months. What? what <laughs> it was like an indie, f- indie short film or something? Apparently. Like, oh. And then he kind of used that to do like a Kickstarter a little bit to get the money. And then Nicolas Cage got involved uh, and loved it. I see. Uh, well, I don't know what predates what, but uh, I really doubt that the Five Nights at Freddy's guy stole from no. the independent <laughs> short film. Yeah, no. I, really, I really don't think that it went that way. I mean, like, it's not... I, I, I could see how this could be a case of parallel... Uh, Oh yeah. Uh, wait, wait, what's the what's the there's the term I'm forgetting for it. But anyway, um because it is just the thing I think as as a child I had an anxiety of and I'm sure it's a thing that a lot of kids do of yeah. fucking robots coming to life. That shit's oh, freak show, you know what I mean? It scared the shit out of me. Yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> I did learn in researching this episode that uh Chuck E. Cheese doesn't have animatronics anymore. No. Mm-hmm. They've been they not th- since twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. They were closing them down one by one. I mean, I think mainly it was just maintenance and stuff. They like it was just too expensive to right. to keep them and why. Like kids have moved on to screens and shit, so they didn't really need them. Uh, yeah, I mean I, I get it from that perspective from a, a financial perspective but also like what's the fucking point of a Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> yeah, without I know, the animatronics then it's just an arcade, it's with, just an shitty arcade pizza. with bad pizza exactly yeah there's there's no ball pit anymore there's no animatronics it's not it's like what's what is it even what are we doing here that's not that's not <laughs> uh that's not my America's Chuck E. Cheese that's for sure <laughs> this is not the empire that Charles this, e. this <laughs> Charles Entertainment <laughs> Cheese set out to create I, do you remember uh, like a few years ago where they rebranded Chuck E. Cheese with the, um, the they changed his voice to have the lead singer of Bowling for Soup? Be, yes. Be, oh, wait. My God. Oh, wait. OK. I remember they changed the voice, but I didn't realize that. Yeah. That I didn't know that's who it was. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I love I love like thinking about that part of the entertainment world that like his peep someone contacted his people there was a meeting yeah oh yeah, yeah someone was like we need a, a punk rock uh <laughs> skateboarding rat but you know he he's like but he's kid friendly and like that came across that guy's desk and he's like yeah you know this is just making me think of poochie on the yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes yeah, definitely heavy heavy poochie vibes <laughs> <laughs> i just like I feel like, you know, Bowling for Soup did what they could. And that guy was like, I got a mortgage now. Like, <laughs> <this is laughs> now I'm Charles Entertainment Cheese. Yeah. There you go. I'm going to ride I, that all yeah. the way to the bank. <laughs> I think it's an upgrade, to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a promotion right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Put that right. shit on Let's... your resume, like top, top of the resume, first line. <laughs> Voice of Charles Entertainment Cheese worldwide. 
Have you guys seen the like early uh, versions of Chuck E. Cheese where he looks like a, he looks like Al Capone? Yes, it's really weird. <laughs> He's wearing like a pinstripe suit, right? Am I am I imagining yeah. this? Or is and he has like suit? like a little like chain thing, and he yeah yeah. He's less poochy and more um, uh, whoever Elvis's weird manager was, who Tom Hanks played. <laughs> <laughs> when they do the Chuck E. Cheese uh, movie, they should cast Tom Hanks in that role. Yo! <laughs> I'd watch that. Tom Honestly, Hanks as like an ailing older Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese in the hospital. I think it's like high time that they did a like a, a like you know a Gen Z like a, a self aware meta reboot of like Chuck E. Cheese. I mean. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're like they're just recycling every IP known to man. You might as well, you might as well go there at this point. <laughs> there's, I can think of literally no reason why not to. That's just money on the table. All right, let's talk about this actual stupid <laughs> film <laughs> uh, that um, I loved. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, the, Amanda, do you want to maybe sum it up? Like, uh, talk about in like broad strokes what what happens in this movie. Um, there's essentially a Chuck E. Cheese where all of the employees are somehow also child murderers. <laughs> They're all serial. It's, it was founded by a serial killer. Who, who found other who, serial killers yeah. who got them to be child performers so that they could kill kids in the birthday room. In the, it's like the super happy, the fun super time. happy fun time room. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, this whole montage was my favorite part where it's like, because they breeze right over it. They're like, this fucking guy, Willie, was a serial killer and he found his other serial killer but friends. But I, I love the reveal of Willie. He's just nodding in a corner and smiling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> For entirely too long. <laughs> right. So, so he uh, did that. He did that. Um, then. There's a group suicide and a satanic ritual to put their spirits inside animatronics. And then a Texas man, like... Um, yeah, his name is uh, Tex, Tex McAdoo. Tex McAdoo. <laughs> right, how could I forget Tex, Tex McAdoo? He literally uh, says Tex in the McAdoo movie, Tex like the state. Uh, yes. yes. Tex like the state. <laughs> like the state of Tex. <laughs> Uh-huh. And, and then what and, happens? And then they feed people well, to the <laughs> animatronics? Yes, well, Tex McAdoo reopens. Oh, right, the, and then the, the animatronics keeps, keeps like, biting right. kids. Right. We, we get that shot of the kid trying to grab the tits on the uh, the one animatronic, and she's like, you want to fuck, fat boy? <laughs> yes. Kills him. <laughs> Um, she's a weirdly horny animatronic. Yeah. I'll both actually all the animatronics are kind of, <laughs> kind of horny. <laughs> um, which I guess comes with the territory. I mean, that's just part of being I a mean, child's all, entertainment. Yeah. Animatronic. Um, they're all it's serial probably, it's killers. Like, um, I, like any like, uh, theater troupe or anything even if you're a bunch of like serial killers whose souls have gone into a bunch of animatronics they're probably you're just, all just aggressively horny they're all just yeah. like fucking and sucking <laughs> and, like, <laughs> just a giant satanic animatronic orgy constantly yes all the time. exactly 
Honestly, I would have liked this movie like ten times more if they'd shown all the animatronics fucking. Do you each think there's a porno version? Not yet. They wouldn't even have to change the name. <laughs> no, it'd be exactly the same. Um, all right, so Tex McAdoo reopens it, and uh, the robots start killing kids. And rather than doing literally anything else, he was just like. That sucks. We should nail the door shut and then feed them drifters? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And somehow the sheriff's department got involved in this? The sheriff is, like, really committed to this idea. <laughs> like, she, she's not taking any other ideas. Even after Cage starts, like, killing all of the animatronics and giving the whole town, like, an out. Yeah, the it. whole point was, like, the animatronics held the town hostage, but right. then he's killing them all, and she's still like, no. She's, she's like, Willie, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he, this drifter doesn't speak for us. <laughs> and then there's, there's, like, a whole group of horny teens that don't really need to be in the movie. Right. Right, yeah, that's like the backstory, and then the there are two main storylines. One of which is that Nicolas Cage is a drifter who doesn't speak any a lines. single word of dialogue, and uh, he is, uh, uh, I guess, tricked into uh, cleaning. I mean, then he's tricked into Five Nights at Freddy's. He, he has to <laughs> yes, spend. Right. <laughs> he has to spend because. They're going to pay him a thousand dollars. They're going to fix his car. Yeah. He, he said a thousand dollars to replace his tires, <laughs> which that's not how much tires cost. <laughs> and it's, who gets paid a thousand dollars to clean a ball pit for eight hours? Yeah. I would have had questions. He doesn't talk. Yeah. He can't ask questions. So yeah. he just accepts everything that happens to him. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and I like the. In between, like, 22 minutes into the movie, you get the first reveal that when that ostrich robot tries to kill him. Like, I thought there was going to be more buildup. No, it just right he, like that. He just rips its spine out. <laughs> that, that was cool, honestly. It was cool. I was, it was great. Like, oh, yeah. They just they just started right in. Great. But then he, he doesn't, like, try to leave. <laughs> He's like... God, I gotta get, gotta get to cleaning. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and and he still has to take his like OSHA mandated breaks. Yes, right, where right. he drinks a punch pot and plays and pinball. Plays, plays pinball. pinball. Um, yeah. I, I have a fun bit of Nick Cage pinball trivia. Please, all of his pinball dance moves completely improvised. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I fucking knew it. Yeah, I read that too. Apparently, when he finished, the everybody cheered. I would. I yeah. would also too. I mean, you only witness that once in a lifetime, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever we get these stories about Nick Cage on set, there seems to be a, always like at least one moment for like the crew where everyone is like, yeah, this is a once in a lifetime yeah. thing. Because he's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And and that's pretty much it. Like there's, he he has to kill them, the animatronics. And then there's also this awful girl She's not awful. She's just she's, like she's fine. She's just she's sort fine. of anonymous, and she uh, was adopted by the sheriff. She was adopted by the sheriff because the animatronics killed her parents, they orphaned her, and now she has a grudge against the animatronics, understandably. 
and uh, she and her stupid stoner friends like try to burn it down, um, but end up going inside and just <laughs> to, to save Nicolas Cage. Yeah. But they don't need to save right. him. He's gonna save yeah. the town. Yeah, and and they all die. I mean, I guess I understand why in a movie like this you need teenagers to be killed. Like it's just that kind of movie. But I feel like it really was two movies. Uh, It was the Nick Cage movie and it was the teenager movie. And I just liked the Nick Cage movie so much more than the other one. It's better. It was like every time it cut back for too long, I was like, that's when I started. Yeah. Right. Basically I was bored. Yeah. I mean, I think they were just like, people need to die. (laughs) They needed nobody else to to die. And everybody loves watching teens die. I, I mean, I, I liked when the couple went into the the happy t- fun time room and she's like, this, this is making me horny. <laughs> that <laughs> made me insane. <laughs> I mean, if only just because it was like, that was the most like, okay, like meta, like, you you know what we're doing here. Yeah. Some teens got to fuck too. Like, I get that but like they break in because they know it's full of monsters yes. that murder and they're like we need to go to a secluded room to fuck yeah they're like smoking <laughs> weed and like just like yeah they're just fodder um and then they fuck in front of that alligator with a beret for a <laughs> long time <laughs> honestly that kill was kind of cool where he was like, oh, where the fuck did it go? And then it just came up the other side. Honestly, like <laughs> any a movie, giant robot, you wouldn't hear it. Yeah, that's what I mean. And also it's funny, too, because, you know, like if you've ever seen animatronic show or watched videos of it, it's so fucking loud. All the mechanics are so loud. Sometimes you can't even like hear what they're saying. They're yes. so loud. And then none of these kids hear the fucking machines coming up like right behind him. I mean, it must be some kind of byproduct of like this the satanic magic or something because yeah because yeah, no... they also have blood so i assume well the... i thought that was like m- like oil oh, yeah like oil. yeah that's like oil Not and like and like fluids much, but... and stuff which i actually thought yeah. was cool that they just like basically it was like gore but minus any of the gore they just overdid yeah, the spraying springs and oil yeah it was yeah. really that was kind of cool the way they did that well, n- now that we've pretty much said the whole plot <laughs> I mean, there, there's nothing. There's nothing That's else to it. it. And then Cage Spoilers, basically kills Nick them Cage one kills by the one. Animatronics. Yeah, right. He, and he cleans the, the place. <laughs> and he plays pinball. And he he beats the pinball game. And drinks like fourteen sodas. How is yeah, he not having a heart diabetic. attack? I mean, I yeah. Like, I think the implication is that it gives him like Popeye spinach type powers <laughs> at the end, where he can like crush the the ro- the final boss with his thighs, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I want to know what are your guys' favorite kills from the movie? Um, I liked the 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 one I just mentioned where they're having sex and and it comes comes out of the yeah, dark. the alligator. Yeah, and then I also like the um, the the one that she kills like in the road when it comes back to the like to <laughs> the, the, the sheriff's car. Yeah, the, it's <laughs> yeah, she just runs over. Um, yeah. I like the urinal curb stuff yeah yeah that was my favorite <laughs> yeah, that was cool <laughs> um also when the gorilla comes out of the bathroom and he says gorilla greetings that's what i was like it was like eight <laughs> time no gorilla <laughs> greetings <laughs> gorilla greetings and then cage curb stomps him on the toilet <laughs> uh, <laughs> um I, I and I like the one that you mentioned, Miles, where uh, 
Nick Cage does the Zenya on a top thing to, yeah. <laughs> to, to the robot and kills her with his thigh. It was pretty cool. <laughs> All while they're playing head, shoulders, knees and toes on the jukebox. Yeah, that was the other thing is the weird, like the creepy versions of children's music that they would play a lot was a yeah. was a nice touch. The birthday song is still stuck in my head. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, I like that the movie starts with something having its spine ripped out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like when the knight sticks his sword through that guy. Oh, I forgot about the knight. Yeah, nighty knight. Yeah, the the, the frog. He's a sleepy time knight. Is cool yeah. too. Oh, actually, no. You know, you know, what one of my favorite ones is is the, actually the sheriff at the end, where he just comes up behind her and just cuts her off at the waist, yeah. like one one motion. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. That was good. <laughs> so what is what is he made of? Who the the actual like he can cut people in half with his arms, but <laughs> Willie? Yeah, yeah. Like that's the other thing is they were, I mean, they seem to just be built like regular animatronics, but then they were like killing people with their hands like they were knives or something. And I'm like, and I don't know if they would build noises. robots that way. <laughs> I I think it's just the satanic power. It's the power yeah. of the devil. Yeah. It's all mean, those kids they've been eating. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe it, like the more the more innocent flesh they feed upon, like the more powerful they get. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I'll say some positive things about this movie. A couple things that I really. I liked. think everything you said was positive so far. Yeah. Yeah. Have we yeah, said anything I, really negative? I mean. <laughs> no. No. I'm I'm prefacing before I say negative. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Um, I I have often complained along with many other loud annoying nerds about cgi effects this mm. movie makes heavy use of practical effects which i really enjoyed like they're they use cgi to like the way it should be used yeah to embellish existing practical effects right right they add a little blood here they like erase like reflections and make an eye dilate or blink yeah but like all the kills for the most part were done with like puppets and models and stuff and it looks great uh, yeah. the other thing i enjoyed i i thought the design of all the things especially the pinball game was really oh, good the pinball game's great but all the art on the pinball game looked great and just like in general like the whole i want to say world but i guess just the the building all the the design of it even though again like if you've ever played five nights at freddy's it's like pretty directly ripped from it it i i don't know i i liked it um the I, there's not really negative things so much as like um there are like elements to this that feel very like of this moment like indie movies indie horror it which is like the sort of fake De Palma lighting like the <laughs> yeah, quote unquote bisexual that. lighting <laughs> is all over it which is just i'm it looks great to light everything with like purples and blues and reds and whatever but i'm just like bored with it and um also the fake john carpenter score another thing that was like fine but i'm just tired yeah. of it i'm tired of both of those things just being endlessly ripped off in absence of like an original aesthetic well the entire song that's played at the end is the song from escape from new york which is a different riff that makes sense. But it's exactly mm. the same. Yeah. I mean, they. I, I think the director said in an interview that he wants to do sequels where, like, Nick Cage... I think one of the ones that they 
he he wants to do maybe is that Cage goes to like a jail and then it like it's like assault on precinct thirteen or something like I, I don't know. <laughs> See, I'm gonna roll my eyes at that, but I would also watch it. Yeah, totally, I would watch that. Yeah, I'd watch it too. I mean, oh, I mean, we, we Dave, you and I have to watch it. But I mean, yeah, even I if mean, it wasn't <laughs> homework, I would watch it independently. <laughs> But yeah, that's, I mean, like I said, there's, there's not an original idea in this movie. There was, I, I was not surprised by anything. Um, and, you know, if I want to, and it was fine, I can go off about how like so much of content now is like, I, I, I miss the world where everything was either better or worse. I feel like there's so much content that is just sort of like pretty good or fine. And I felt like this was like pretty fine, but nothing like made me upset. I like, I had a, I had a good time. And after like going, like researching this a little bit, like reading some interviews with the writer and the directors, uh, I discovered that everybody had a really good time. Like everything I've read from both of those guys is like super positive. It seems like everyone like really cared about this movie, which made me like it more in retrospect because a a lot of like the like low budget shit that we've watched especially from the like 2010s of nick cage's career there's this weird like cynical sort of like who is this for this shouldn't fucking exist nobody wants this and this is a movie that everyone was like excited about and and they were super happy with the reception that it got even though from what i can tell it it made like half of its budget back. I mean, that's, it also came out during quarantine. So yeah, yeah um, that you can't really judge it by the same standard. Yeah. I, I imagine by now with like rentals and stuff, it's probably made its budget. It, it had like a five and a half million dollar budget, which is pretty small. Yeah, actually. All those robots aren't cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Also they had to like put the whole movie together in like three months, which is insane. That's really impressive. Like, like it got greenlit, on Halloween of 2019 and then cage could only shoot, um, February to March. Like he just had February of 2020. So they had to build the set, get, build the robots, get the like shot list, everything fucking set up and then do it in like four months before it was done. And then they finished it and COVID happened. So (laughs) shit, I don't know. Yeah. That's a triumph in my book i mean i i do think that i would have uh it was the it was the kind of movie that i feel like my experience of it would have been even more enhanced had i seen it in a theater or or at a drive-thru even honestly that sounds like fun like this is probably a really yeah it's a great drive-thru movie okay um i'm gonna read a couple more excerpts from uh the interview that i read with the director and the screenwriter just because i like them um so besides this blatant lie that this is uh, an original idea, <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, duh, 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 duh. oh, I like this. So basically, like, the, you know, they had this script and the director saw it. He thought it was really cool and he was able to get it to Nick Cage and uh, Cage like loved it. And really liked the idea of doing a movie where he didn't have any lines, but he just also thought the idea was very cool. Um, and I, I love this quote. Um, th- this is how involved like Cage was in not just like the filming and everything, but 
Um, he produced it. Yeah, he. Yeah, it, yeah this is a Saturn film. Um, but uh, this Parsons says Nick is into reptiles. He is into amphibians, and he's into dinosaurs. He was the one who said, "Hey, make this thing an alligator. Make this thing a chameleon. Let's get a turtle instead of a regular mammal." <laughs> <laughs> so, so the. The Mexican turtle, <laughs> the chameleon, which is a really cool choice. Yeah. Um, I was so confused about what that thing was supposed to be. I, I thought it was a frog until the very I did too. And then I was until, like, why is its yeah. head pointy? And then it has yeah. a tail. But yeah, I, I got it when it died. Its skin kept changing color. And then I, I see. I just thought that was the light of the arcade. Well, you were wrong. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like. I guess there was like a year of uh, Cage uh, helping shop the script around, I assume as part of like Saturn films involvement in it. And people, he says, uh, this is Parsons. So the next stage was really Nicolas Cage defending the script while we took it out and tried to get financing for it. A lot of people would read it and be like, why is he cleaning? Why isn't he running and hiding for his life? This is unbelievable. This would never happen. Nobody is going to watch this thing. And Nicolas Cage was just sitting there. No, this is exactly the kind of movie that needs to be made. <laughs> Oh man! Also, I love that they're like this isn't believable. I know. <laughs> okay, okay, you got your killer robots, but <laughs> why is he cleaning? <laughs> um, and I like this. The, like time after time, like we in reading this stuff, it's like not even a surprise anymore to have people talk about how professional he is. Like, you know, he shows up knowing all of his lines. Well, <laughs> that wasn't much in this one, but, um, he, like, he, I just, I like this. This is, uh, the director saying, he said, Nick was a great partner. Uh, the guy works tirelessly, man. He did not hang out at his trailer. He hung out by the set, right by the camera, knew what we were doing, went in and did it. It was funny because I said, I only have time to do probably two to three takes, Nick. And he said, well, Kevin, I like to do it in one. Um, and then, yeah, he, uh, he, he did the pinball thing. As we said, he, he improvised the pinball dance. And uh, uh, th this is the director again. He says, it was incredible. The crew was applauding him at the end. I called him that night and I said, seeing your work today, that's why I make movies. <laughs> which, wow. which is like that's it's, it's really sweet it's it, also totally insane it's insane but like so sweet because it's that's real though <laughs> like, i believe that 100 percent um and i get the feeling that that's how everybody felt especially knowing that they had to pull this thing together in three months like you can't do that without something that you're not passionate about, even right. like down to the like gaffers and, and set decks and everybody working. Like they all had to like live this weird movie for like a few months. And I, I bet they all had a lot of pride in it and it shows. I mean, I looked forward to this for a long time. They originally released details on birth movies, death, rest in peace, birth, Stuff. That like, site was that site was amazing, but um, there was just a short synopsis of what it was going to be about, and I was like, Nicholas Cage fight robot, <laughs> and I was yeah. so excited. And then COVID happened, yeah. and I'm just really happy I got to see it twice. Yeah. 
Well, that's that's all I have to say about the movie itself. Um, Miles? Uh, yeah, I will say something I really, really did appreciate about it is I... Uh, Cage had so many moments with himself, which is, like, one of the things yeah. that I... Enj- that that I, I, I notice in, in other movies of his where he has scenes where he's alone or where he's doing an action or a thing and he's by himself. Um, he always comes up with, like, cool little things to make it more interesting, even though he's just, like, yeah. on screen doing something and, like, there's no dialogue. It's true. You know he's what I mean? He's always making and, good choices. Yeah, and he's he's always just peppering, with, you know, his his performances with those, like, little choices. And so it's, it's cool that this movie, so much of it, was just Cage basically, like, acting by himself for himself uh yeah and that's cool to see yeah at at first like <laughs> i mean the reveal of him as a character i was just like okay this is like this is the prototypical late period nicholas cage character like he's he's got like a questionable facial hair he's got like leather everything with the motorcycle boots he's driving a fast car and he's got like a, a weirdly specific drink slash affectation that just like you know like we've seen yeah. all of those things in like ghost rider drive angry like all of these movies um and at first because he wasn't talking i it it was almost like all right so i'm watching it like i couldn't i didn't believe him as a character it was just but Nicholas the Cage. leather talks and that's one of my favorite little things when he's in the garage and he's having the air quote conversation with the guy that runs the garage and he asks him questions and he either nods or kind of shakes his head. And all you can hear is the squeak squeak. of his leather jacket. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It was really good. And, and I did, you know, after about like 15 minutes, I did like believe that he was that character. Like he's just, he's good, man. He like, he really can, he can do anything. Yeah. (laughs) I'd watch him in anything. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree, Miles. It was really fun to watch him just like, uh, wordlessly do what he does. And it's also cool to, because he's such a fan of silent cinema. Um, as, you know, I mean, Vampire's Kiss is like his love letter to <laughs> silent cinema. And, and the director's favorite movie. And the director of this movie's favorite movie. Oh, no way. Do you think that's why he sought out Cage? I, I I mean, I don't know. It definitely speaks to something. It speaks to the way that he directed him or let him work. I don't know. It and it sounds like this really was like a partnership between him and Cage. Like Cage loved the movie and um yeah, I don't know. Everyone had a good time. <laughs> it makes me happy. Yeah, I mean um, I, I I had a good time watching it. So it, it came across. <laughs> uh that said Miles, you gave us some homework. Oh, yeah. I just thought it would be fun. You know, I always like to move things just like a little outside of the realm of like directly the film we're talking about. Um, And I just thought it would be cool if we all uh, either from memory or, you know, through our I think we all went down some rabbit holes with this assignment. But but basically it was like pick three like animatronic band members uh <laughs> and like talk about why you like them uh and what's weird about them i guess um so yeah, yeah. did you guys yeah, do it <laughs> yeah should should we uh should we go around 
Yeah, do we do we want to do it like one 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 or do yeah, we let's just do that? Okay. I guess I'll start. Please. Uh, well, initially I was thinking like I think the greatest animatronic band of all time is maybe Country Bears uh, or oh. or Tiki Room. Also, I thought, yeah. but I feel like Disney stuff is like at such a high level that it's kind of in its own thing. So, like, then uh, I was trying to remember something from like what some a band member that I saw at a Chuck E. Cheese when I was a kid <laughs> and it stuck with me. It was the weird, uh, I don't know if you remember the like Italian chef drummer <laughs> in, 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 in one of the yes. bands. And so I looked it up uh, and it was, uh, hold on, let me, let me pull the page up here so I have accurate information. His name is Pasquale P. Pie Plate. <laughs> <laughs> And he was the drummer for oh Munch's Make Believe Band, uh, which is one of the Chuck E. Cheese bands. It was, uh, yeah, one of, one of the various Chuck E. Cheese like scenes. There were right. a ton. <laughs> yeah, but he basically is just like a. He, it's like it's like Chef Boyardee meets Mario or something. Essentially, he's he's like a pizza. He's like an Italian pizza chef. Uh, and oh his, my god! Yeah, I see him now. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, and I don't know something about, he, he, he was one, his arms would go up and down, like straight up and down, uh, you know, they'd be holding the drumsticks, but like, he would just look like a caveman, like smacking the, the head of the drum up and down. He's holding the drumsticks, like completely horizontal, like just. They look like knitting needles. Yeah. Yeah, It's really weird. And then there's like a weird, like cheese and tomato sauce like swirly graphic on his bass drum head that that i also like remember being like obsessed with that when i was a kid i don't know something about this character i just it really stuck out in my mind um and you, and you know he's open-minded because he plays with a in a band with like a rat and uh, a bear and <laughs> yeah stuff. i know <laughs> right um yeah good violation <laughs> <laughs> um all right i'm I also uh, I chose Mr. Munch mm. from uh, the uh, Chuck E. Cheese band. Um, well, I was trying to decide between him and Helen Henney, the because uh, she's maybe the hottest animatronic. Yeah, How I would say you? so. I, I mean, she's a cheerleader. But then when I thought that, I remembered that there was a. A cheerleading rat in God damn it. Um, the Rock of Fire Explosion <laughs> named Mitzi Mozzarella. Mitzi Mozzarella was mine. Yeah, we can share her. <laughs> um, I, and compared to Mitzi Mozzarella, I think Helen Henny has to take a backseat. I mean, she's got the <laughs> lipstick. She's okay, got gorgeous blonde hair. Can you see her? Thrilling podcasting, I know. I'm showing you a photo. Mm. <laughs> Horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, what's one of yours that wasn't Mitzi? Okay. So not Mitzi. Um, I found this is a contemporary one. I've never seen it in person, but at Logan's Arcade in Chicago, there's a band called The Biscuits. And The Biscuits is a reskinned Chuck E. Cheese band what? where they have all been given devil locks and they wear skeleton suits and it's a dog band that only does misfit songs. The biscuits? Yes. 
Oh my god. And they have a, an animatronic named Jerry Bonely, which is a <laughs> devil locked dog in a leather jacket. Oh my god. It's amazing. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. So we need to go to Chicago. Yeah. Fuck. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, Miles. What else you got? Um Okay, I have one that is also kind of related to Cage, only in the sense that we know how much our man loves Elvis uh, and some of his earlier performances directly inspired by Elvis. So um, I never personally witnessed this one, uh, but it was in a select few Chuck E. Cheese locations in the 80s and 90s. It was basically uh, an Elvis lion just named The King, uh, and it and it was basically like a like a lion in like an Elvis outfit, and he yeah did, I remember that he, okay he was yeah in like the like seventies period yeah. Elvis thing like the the like the, the, like the sequin jumpsuit yeah. and like the doing like karate I I don't think the animatronic did the karate moves but I feel like the maybe the motions were implied that it was that he, sort of thing he um, had <laughs> uh, the presence of right. Elvis like the charisma yeah uh, and I just thought that that was funny. Uh, and weird, and then kind of also on that, like, co-oping an existing rock star, uh, there was also something called the Beagles, that they basically did, like, Beatles, they were, like, dogs, but they did, like, Beatles songs. They were at Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, I don't think it was Chuck E. Cheese, but it was a reskinned Chuck E. Cheese band Mm. that, like, a, that, uh, I, I forget where it was, but it was at, it was at, uh, uh, like, Regional Amusement Park, um, but they were called the Beagles. I don't know. I, I thought that was funny. I found a lot of very upsetting regional amusement parks <laughs> animatronic bands. Yeah. Especially in Pigeon Forge. Pigeon Forge? <laughs> Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, where there is a tree full of the Confederate critters. No. No. It's bad. <laughs> wow. It's really bad. I We went to uh, the state fair a couple months ago here, and they had a like sort of country bears type band that was very not okay. The um, bass player was like a racist Indian stereotype that was also a cow. And it, it was like doing all the like racist like hits, you know, like me, heap big trouble, walk many moons. I was like, in 2022. But I, I think the only way that they get away with it is there was nobody else watching it. No like, one's seen was, it. No one, no one was bearing witness to it. We were the only ones. Uh. <laughs> just, just robots making racist jokes to nobody. <laughs> um, there hasn't been a racist list, animatronic though. band at this fair in 35 years. <laughs> Oh, I do have a Mitzi mozzarella store. Please. Um, I couldn't have been older than three. And I, so in the Midwest, we don't have Chuck E. Cheese. We had Showbiz Pizza. Uh-huh. And I was at a birthday party at Showbiz Pizza. And then the only thing I remember is walking up to the stage and I, the Mitzi mozzarella, there was something wrong with her. So instead of doing her little thing she was supposed to be doing, she was just kind of violently tipping forward and backward and making a horrible noise. (laughs) And I remember running back to my mom and trying to like verbalize why I was so upset, but I just couldn't stop crying, (laughs) which might be part of why I love this movie so much. 
Yeah, it probably spoke to a really deep thing <laughs> that you've been living with. I mean, like Nicolas Cage's character, you were at a loss for words. Because <laughs> I hadn't learned to speak. Yeah. <laughs> what if that's the twist? He's just like a toddler. He's actually... But he has an army ranger thing in his car. Um, <laughs> He's yeah. a military toddler. Yeah. That's the only backstory you get. Prequel when? <laughs> Let's see. I was uh, thinking about the gorilla in the Rock of Fire explosion who has like a, he's got like a white tuxedo and he plays the piano. His name is Fats Geronimo, I learned. <laughs> um, I yeah. But, but yes. It made me think of uh, another animatronic that's more dear to my heart, which is, um, have you guys ever been to Wall Drug? No. no. Uh, it's, it's like a, a roadside attraction in um, North Dakota, I think. It's just out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and they've got a bunch of animatronic stuff there. And one of them is a gorilla that plays the piano. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but he, he plays that novelty rock song, Alley Oop. You know, the one about the caveman? In my memory, it was a caveman doing it, but it's not. It's just a gorilla playing a piano. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah. Is I, that a reference to the comic strip, Aliyup? The comic strip is a reference... To the song? To, well, Chicken Egg? Yeah, I don't know which is first, actually. The gorilla wasn't first, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, the comic strip's from, like, the 40s. Oh, yeah, I guess the song must have came after. Um, and my other one that, that my honorable mention is I like the pirates in Pirates of the Caribbean who are trying to get the key from the dog. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah, you know, not the pirates that are chasing the women. No, I don't like them as much. They replaced it with food. <laughs> so it was less offensive. I'm telling you, man, it's the liberal agenda taking away all our favorite <laughs> animatronics. <laughs> Next, they'll take uh, Johnny Depp out of it. <laughs> um, oh, I just remembered they're not an animatronic band. But speaking of weird roadside attractions, have you ever been to the Precious Moments Chapel outside of Joplin, Missouri? Never. I've never been, go. but I have read about it, and I honestly really want to go. It's incredible. It looks do, wild. What, <laughs> what do they do? Well, there's a whole animatronic section in the first part of the museum that's like big Precious Moments animatronics that are doing like the birth of christ whoa it's insane cool. <laughs> uh yeah i i they couldn't I, scenes. I i didn't get too far down this rabbit hole but i i do know that in general there are a lot of like religious like roadside attractions around the country yes. and i imagine some of them have some pretty weird animatronics probably uh i'm gonna keep researching this yeah <laughs> oh i learned um, from the Wikipedia page on animatronics that the first animatronic to walk up stairs was Benjamin Franklin. No way. Yeah. Are you saying that Benjamin Franklin was an animatronic this whole time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It happened in <laughs> 1982. So <laughs> Draw your own conclusions. It happened in 1776. <laughs> no one had ever seen a robot walk upstairs but there was a french prostitute up there <laughs> <laughs> he was getting up there one way or another <laughs> um
Somebody's got to oil Benjamin Franklin. Just Did robots get syphilis. <laughs> That's what, you ever see the uh, pictures of the um, the Ninja Turtle animatronics from the films now, where they're all like yes. eaten away. So they used to have one in the center of Meltdown Comics before it was closed and then torn down to build condos. Rest in peace, Meltdown Comics. Um, and the latex had started to like shrink back. And so you could see it's like teeth Skeleton. and all the structure underneath. It was terrifying and it smelled horrible and I loved it. That's what Benjamin Franklin looked like and smelled like. Yeah, but that was for other reasons. Yeah. Well, because animatronics don't die, they just fall apart. <laughs> Unless um, you rip their spine out, it's like zombies with the headshot. You gotta, you right. gotta, yeah, you gotta yeah, rip yeah, the animatronic spine out to really rip kill their spine it. Out. Okay. <laughs> well, now that we've talked about all of that, um, Amanda, hmm. top three Nicolas Cage movies. Oh, if God. you have to pick, I wasn't prepared for this. You do have to That's pick. So you do have to pick. So though because they're so different i know well just today what what are the top three that that leap to your mind i mean the top three that i watch like rewatch, um would be bringing out the dead mm. um raising arizona valley girl but everybody says valley girl god there's so many i know I'll just throw a couple out there. World Trade Center, maybe. No, God, uh, no, no, no. We don't talk about that. Or uh, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, or, uh, I don't know, 211. You heard of that one? 211. (laughs) Wait, what was Um, the... Dave, what was the home invasion, the Joel Schumacher home invasion one? Fuck. uh, (laughs) Trespass. Thank you. (laughs) Ooh, ooh, what's the name of the one where he has sex with his girlfriend's daughter that's possessed with the ghost of his dead wife yes. and he reads a book of his own poetry? Between Worlds. Between yes. Worlds. Yes, yeah. all-time classic. <laughs> yeah, Miles and I have been evangelizing for Between Worlds Th- since we've seen it. That's pretty significant. <laughs> yeah, that's the word for it. Um, I like that you said bringing out the dead. Uh, a lot of people sleep on that one. I lo- it, It's like the best Nicolas Cage performance because you get you get the whole gamut of Nicolas Cage performances in it so there's like the quiet understated like pensive like beautiful does these like soliloquies that are gorgeous but then he also is completely unhinged and like screaming and breaking things and chasing people with bats so it's it's everything yeah that's true it's so good it's such a good movie yeah I should I should rewatch it. I haven't. I've only saw it the one time that we watched it for the show, for the. Yeah, I, I'd like to rewatch it too. Uh, John, rewatch it and listen to the John soundtrack. John Goodman is in it. Tom yes. Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. Mark Anthony. Oh He's right! Oh my god! Really? I forgot he was in that. <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite movies. Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames. Patricia Arquette. It's yeah yeah. It's excellent. Cool. Well, um, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, You should plug your stuff. You are a tattoo artist. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, actually, Miles and I were talking about this. If we were going to get heat-seeking panther tattoos, what would you, what should they be? 
Oh, I would just cross like an actual heat-seeking missile with a panther. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. That would be good. And it would look awesome. And I would do them for free because it's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that flash. Uh, no, I'm a tattooer. I'm on Instagram at crypt.inker. I tattoo in Los Angeles and New York. And you make t-shirts. I do. I make t-shirts at the um, challengingly named Primordial Pastiche. Um, we do lots of like old punk stuff, and we're going to do some like weird movie stuff for Halloween. Fuck yeah. Um, hell yeah. Well, thanks for being on. And the last thing that I'm going to ask you to do is do your best panther roar into the microphone. <laughs> yeah. That was, that? <laughs> that was All right. The, she that she sounded like like a tired panther. Yeah. I am a tired panther. It's like you just woke that panther up. She's very yeah. cranky. Yeah, she's not like pissed, but she's tired. I'm a warmth sinking panther. Yeah. Mm. Just like a nice lukewarm. Mm. Sick. Seven families since 19. 19-